What's up, what's up, what's up? You are now tuned into What's the Word podcast. I am your host, Just Jazz, and I have three main goals to encourage you to grow godly character, to equip you to live effectively in today's society, and to open you to salvation through Jesus Christ. So ditch what you heard and let's discover what's the word. Welcome back, scholars, to episode 11. Sorry, <laughs> I get a little excited. I told y'all, y'all are answering my prayers just by pressing play. You may decide to turn off the podcast right after I say that, but you have already answered my prayer, so thank you. This week's episode is titled From Tragedy to Triumph, just to remind us not to be so fast to give up or count things out if it looks bad at first. A lot of beautiful things have really humble beginnings. I know for sure when people saw my mom and she was pregnant again, they probably thought, oh my God, I pray for that baby. And guess what? Thank you, because look at me now. In all seriousness, will we really appreciate the light if it wasn't for the darkness, the good if it wasn't for the bad, or the purpose if it wasn't for the pain connected to it? The reality is that problems don't magically fade away, even when you trust God wholeheartedly. But the way in which you respond to the pressure problems create will. Some wins for the week is that I was able to be more in the moment, and I was talking with friends who I hadn't heard from in a long time. I was also allowing myself time to rethink and recharge. Y'all, I really have to take my life back. Corona has tried to make me into a lazy bone, but God, he got me out of the house so that I continue to do the work that needs to be done. Okay, we are now entering into a new book of the Bible. Yes, this is book number three. See, I knew it. You thought that you wasn't going to read the Bible and look at God. Mm, A word. We are in the book of Nehemiah and technically it's placed before Esther in the Bible, but the biblical timeline shows that the events that happened in Esther happened during the time of Nehemiah. Some scholars say that the books of Ezra and Nehemiah were one, serving as a sequel to what happens in First and Second Kings. Well, let me set the scene. Nehemiah is a man of action. He is a very important man being the king's cupbearer. And what that means is that he tasted all of the king's food and drinks before the king, just in case someone tried to poison him. So to say the least, they were close, close. The first exiles went back to Jerusalem with Zerubbabel. The second wave of exiles go back with Ezra and the last wave with Nehemiah. Nehemiah's group actually was the smallest, but they did some very big work. One day back in the lawn, and that's what I nicknamed Babylon, probably inappropriate, but I love it. So one day back in the lawn, Nehemiah saw some of his old family returning from a Jerusalem trip and asked them how it was looking. The report he got spiraled him into a deep depression. I mean, he was sad for months and it said that the king was on a holiday. But when he got back and he saw his homie in distress, he asked what he could do to help. The king then grants his friend a leave of absence from work to go back to his homeland and to help the rebuilding process and sends him packing with assistance. Okay. Nehemiah got to Jerusalem and immediately went to work. He surveyed the damage and then began assigning parts of the wall to be rebuilt by certain people. Things were going good for a high second, literally. The hate and the opposition came as soon as the real work began. And that's a word for someone, so you better take it. The enemy wants to show you up right now because you're working, working. It's not just a cute idea anymore. You're praying and you're putting strategy behind the prayers and things are starting to align. Don't let the speed bumps along the way stop you. Just slow down and peep the scene. And as if the hate from the outsiders wasn't enough, the wealthy exiles inside were trying to profit off of the working class, which is just a reminder that sometimes the hate comes harder from 
from the people closest to you. A wise cultural proverb is that everyone can have access to you. And Nehemiah emulated just that. The enemy continued to try to entice Nehemiah to make a mistake, but Nehemiah had a game plan, total dependence on God. In order to accomplish more for the sake of God's kingdom, we must pray, persevere, and sacrifice just as Nehemiah did. I know, I know that was a lot, and I really hope that you take some time to read the first six chapters of Nehemiah so that you can have a better understanding for yourself. Today, we find ourselves in Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 15 through 16. I am reading out of the NIV version of the Bible. My Bible reads, So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. When all of our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Today, I want to remind you that the size of the task or how long it will take to accomplish shouldn't keep you from doing it. With God's help, anything can be done. Chapter six is lit lit y'all. And maybe because the reader in me knows how things normally go in stories. There's always, always, always a problem. In chapter five, we see Nehemiah helping the poor, being a really upstanding citizen. And then boom, more opposition in the rebuilding. The enemy schemed on this man like they were getting paid big bucks to do it. The enemy used the fear of the other people who weren't in right relationship with God to push the plans of destruction. I'm telling you, that's a word. I'm not going to stop, but that's a word. You take your word and you do the work. Okay. The people living in fear did whatever they could to make themselves feel powerful. That's a word. Real people of power don't have to tell you how powerful they are. They prove it. These people were so afraid of who the Israelites were connected to that they were willing to physically harm them, threaten their safety, and even lie on them. Hmm, that sounds awfully familiar. I'm going to stick to the script. One of my favorite parts of this chapter is when the enemy sends the same letter to Nehemiah four times to distract him during the rebuilding process. And Nehemiah is so G that he literally sends the same reply each time. Basically saying, I don't have time to waste when there's more important work to be done. Period. Okay. I don't know if that's true in your life right now or if that's something that's on your quote unquote goals list. But the truth is that that's how we should carry ourselves all the time. The enemy is plotting and his favorite victims are the ones who are living in fear and the ones who act as if the enemy doesn't have any reach. Like he's slow. No, you slow if you think that the enemy ain't always on go mode. The enemy is TTG. And for those of you who don't know what that means, that's trying to go. He ain't got nothing but time or as y'all like to say, he got demon time. And I with it the bible warns us about demon time god lets us know that the idle mind is the devil's playground and if there's anything that i don't play about is demon time i ain't got it so here's the warning if you are on demon time stay away from me <laughs> i don't want to skate with you chill with you none of that as always our goal as listeners and believers is to get better we are officially a part of the get better gang so if you always wanted to be a gangbanger like me or super tough without having the whole you know violence experience welcome to the gang <laughs> and here are some get better faster tips that i formulated after reading the gang manual i mean after reading chapters one through six of nehemiah the first get better gang tip is to stay on the front line which means really to lead by example. From the first day Nehemiah touched down, people knew who was in charge. They didn't have to guess. That's because he was a man of action, meaning he got active. He got busy. A lot of us want things to happen, but we aren't committed to doing the work. We want others to do it. Parents like to use this phrase, do what I say and not what I do. But that's not G at all. I'm not trying to call you out on your parenting because I'm sure you're doing the very best that you can. But we have to break the cycles of destruction one at a time. The change starts with you 
not your kids. The second get better faster gang tip is to stay solid. Commitment is key. When problems come our way, it's harder to stick to what we said we would do when the problem was just hypothetical. Most of the time, our first response or prayer to God when we're in trouble is, God, get me out of this situation. Unknowingly, this will not mature us or help us become more resilient. In verse 9 of this same chapter, we see Nehemiah praying during this situation, but it isn't for a quick fix. It's to strengthen his hands. Seeing how the enemy was coming made him want to up his game and get his weight up. Everyone counted him out and thought his plan was weak, but he knew the promises God had for him and his people. We have to make up our minds and stay committed. As Jesus says, trust the process. The last get better gang tip is to not fold endurance wins in the end there's this nipsey song that says y'all ain't hard enough y'all knuckles ain't scarred enough which means to me as a get better gang member that that person needs more experience just imagine if god sat back and never got in the trenches with us some of us don't know how hard god will ride for us because we aren't staying the course we give up when things get hard we go with the flow instead of sticking to the script of what god told us to do you are not crazy god is definitely talking to you now he wants you to not only talk back but to act back Show that your OG is the real deal and will step to anyone. A real big stepper because who gonna check him, boo? <laughs> In closing, I would like to remind us to learn how to take the good with the bad. Like seriously, have you ever been around someone where you could tell when they were going through something? I have both been that person and around that person and it shows just how little that person knows God. The resounding theme that we see throughout the Bible and even in our own lives is that there will always be problems. The goal in life isn't to live problem free, but to know that even in the midst of the most ugliest storm, God is able to turn your pain into purpose. Let's grow through what we go through. Once again, I would like to thank you for tuning into What's the Word podcast. If someone was on your mind while listening, please send them the link and if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to leave a review y'all make sure you connect with us on social media on instagram at underscore underscore what's the word podcast and on twitter at underscore underscore what's the word if no one has told you today i love you and i appreciate you now go be a blessing be sure to tune into next week's episode where we talk about the life of another get better gang member nia maya